looking good. Hello everyone and thank you for joining the Stu Simpson Show. Happy New Year once again and welcome to this second season of the Stu Simpson Show. This year we look at spirituality in its many, many forms. And today is a very special guest. We have Alice Dodd McClure, also known to me as Aunt Alice. Hello Aunt Alice, it's been a very long time. How are you? Hi, I'm doing so well. It's so good to see you again. You're looking well. Thank you very much. That's, um, and, and yourself, you're looking beautiful as as always. You have you haven't I've not seen you for about maybe ten years and you've not aged a day. <laughs> Actually, it's more like twenty. No, is it really? Yeah, oh goodness me. Time flies, does it not? It so does. what have you been up to all this time? Um teaching school. Being a disciple of Christ, serving in the church that I belong to, um, raising children, grandchildren, loving life. Excellent. So how, how many grandchildren are there now? Uh, 25. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> that's, a lot of, that's a lot of presents for Christmas. It <laughs> is. Well, you got that right. <laughs> Brilliant. So it says on your um, on your Facebook profile, there's also a connection with Denmark. Is that where you're originally from? Yes, I was born in Denmark, and that's where the missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints first came and taught my family. We were Lutheran by tradition, and I had been baptized as an infant in the Lutheran Church. Wow! But my mother had always been seeking. She felt like there was more. So when the missionaries came and told her about the restored gospel, she listened. Uh, my father very hesitantly, but she had been pulling him around to a lot of different churches. And he said, okay, let's hear this. We can get through with it like we did all the rest. But after being taught for quite a while, she wanted to be baptized and finally, she got the courage to ask my father, and he said if she would wait a week for him to stop smoking, he would baptize with her. So we do have a word of wisdom that we believe to keep our bodies clean and pure, that we shouldn't partake of tobacco, drugs, alcohol, and strong drink. So... Excellent. So that, that's, what, that's what we're here to talk about today. I did know about... I did not know about the Lutheran connection. Can you, before we get on to what, what your faith actually is, what is Lutheran? So the Lutheran faith came as a result of reformers, the Catholic religion going back. Um, some say to Peter, others say Peter was martyred, that the authority really wasn't carried on. There's you no know, discussion on that. But nonetheless... Catholics did the best they could with what they had. A lot of the doctrine was changed. Martin Luther wanted to put the scriptures in the hands of the people. The Catholic Church wanted the priest to be the one who knew the word and taught the people. They didn't want scriptures in the language of the people. So Luther translated the Bible to German, much in opposition to the Catholic Church. There were other things he didn't agree with. So he nailed up these um, points of doctrine that he thought were different and that he, he just wanted the Catholic Church to 
change. But they said, no, we'll break here. You go your way, we're going our way. And um, Luther didn't actually start the Lutheran church, but those after him did in his name. Wow. Excellent. So you, you were brought up in that faith, and um, then you found the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. Is that correct? That is correct. Is that more formally, no, not formally, more commonly known as um, Mormonism? Well, yes, because we have two scriptures, two witnesses of Christ, the Bible and the Book of Mormon, which is why some people refer to us as Mormons. But Mormon was simply a prophet like Moses or Abraham. So we prefer to be called Christians, which we are, and members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, which is only to differ it from the church that was organized when Christ was on the earth. Wow, that's excellent. I had no idea at all. So can you tell us more about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? How did it all begin? Yes. So in the year 1820, a young boy, Joseph Smith, was very confused about religions. A couple of members of his family belonged to the Presbyterian faith. This was in uh, Palmyra, New York, and there was a lot of excitement about religion. And he felt leaning toward the Methodist faith. Baptists were very strong in the area, and he listened to these ministers preaching and expressing their views. And he said, I felt so torn because one as young as I just didn't know where was the truth. He was reading the Bible in the book of James, chapter one, verse five, when he read, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. He said this scripture just came to him with such power. He thought, yes, I have not gone to God and vocally asked him, what should I do? Which church should I join? So he determined, and on a beautiful spring morning in 1820, he went into a grove of trees that was near his home, knelt down and asked God, which church should I join? And he says at that time as a young 14-year-old boy, he received a vision and he was told to join none of the churches because even though they had many of the right concepts, authority had been taken from the church when the apostles were killed and it was to be restored as he would be called as a prophet the instrumental in restoring truth back to the church. But it would take a long time, 10 years, for him to be caught and trained and receive um, the Book of Mormon, which were gold plates that were buried in Ilkamora that was not very far from where he lived in New York. And he was instrumental in translating that book through interpreters, which the Lord gave him, which are called the Urim and Thummim. We can read about them in the Old Testament as well. Prophets, seers were often given these instruments to interpret languages. The Book of Mormon had been written in ancient um, reformed Egyptian, and he certainly couldn't read it. 
And he was given uh, several helpers, mainly Oliver Cowdery, who was a school teacher, the writing as he would say the word from these plates so it could be written. Now we have it today as a witness of Christ known as the Book of Mormon. And the only reason I got that book is one of the main prophets abridged a lot of the writings of these prophets that were here on the American continent. And since he was a main abridger, uh, got the name from him. So, um, if you could clear the, clear it up for me, is so the Book of Mormon is that um, an interpret or the the real world of the New Testament? Um, no, we also believe very firmly in the Bible as the Word of God. So it's another witness. The Bible were written by prophets mm -hmm. in the Middle East, uh, in Israel. The Book of Mormon were written by prophets on this land of America. They were taken by the Lord. They left Jerusalem in 600 years before the birth of Christ, came here, had a civilization here, um, after a thousand years, the ones who were the record keepers had degenerated, gone away from the truth, all but very few buried the record. Um, and they, many of them were the American Indians, the tribes in South and Central America, um, mixed bloodlines in there. But um, nevertheless, when... Um, when those from Europe came and talked to the indigenous people about Christ, they said, oh, we have legends about a white God. He was here. And they already knew quite a bit about Christ. But the ones who came were often very destructive, even though the Catholic fathers tried to help indigenous people. Many did nothing but slaughter them. So it was a very sad history. But it is interesting that today, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have more Spanish-speaking members than any other language because they recognize this as their record. It's their people. And they are the ones that embrace um, this truth more than any other people. Wow. So how long would you say the Church of, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has been around? So it was established in 1830. 1830. Yeah, so a couple of hundred years. Excellent, wow. Um, so it's common, it's thought that um, the people who belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, they abstain from alcohol, drugs, gambling, um, premarital sex, etc., etc. Is that is that correct? That is correct. However, just to qualify that, we welcome all of God's children into the church, wherever level of discipleship they are at. And in order to be baptized, yes, you do say, well, I'm going to keep these commandments. Some slip, not everyone keeps them the same way, but we're all trying to live God's commandments. Why? Because it's the happiest way of life. Because there's a scripture in the Book of Mormon that says, Adam failed that men may be, and men are that they may have joy. 
Well, we believe that is the purpose of life. It is to have joy. We also believe that the greatest joy can be had by living God's commandments and by gathering Israel to be part of the gospel. We believe very strongly, which you probably know, in family, family bonds. We believe that these bonds go beyond this life. But in the temples which dot the earth, we've got almost 200 temples on the, on the earth, these um, ceilings are performed for where family bonds are made eternal last after this life. Wow. So uh, also an another one of the, the preconceived thoughts is that in the Church of the Latter-day Saints that you are... Um, can be at least the men can be polyamorous and have multiple marriages is that correct okay so that's a very good question so back in the early days of the church when there were many women joining this new faith and they were in you know difficult circumstances the lord gave them that commandment you are to live this law it was hard because this is a monogamous society but to try their faith and to help them build up Zion, they were asked to live the law of polygamy for about 50 years. After that time, the Lord said, okay, halt. We built up Zion. You're here in the West. Things are going well. Don't need to he didn't say you don't need to. He said, I no longer want a man to have any more than one wife. In the Book of Mormon, the prophet Jacob says a man is only to have one wife. So many times people say to us, well, your own Book of Mormon says a man's only to have one wife. So how come you guys practice polygamy? And we say the Lord gives his commandments and the Lord revokes. So what's one thing that's really different about the church of Jesus Christ is that we believe in ongoing revelation. We believe in the same organization that existed back in Christ's day. We have a prophet that receives ongoing revelation. For the church, he has two counselors. We have 12 apostles that receive revelation and give us counsel from the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that we cannot receive our own revelation because as members of the church, we are told receive revelation if this is true the lord will confirm it to you personally like you know all teenagers go through a time when they're trying to figure out who they are and in my teenage years i had been baptized in an eight-year-old full of faith full of obedience but in my teenage years i had to figure out is this really right is this really true i read the book of mormon and the bible I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed, and the Lord confirmed to me that it was his word. That's, that's beautiful. So do you have a living prophet? Is that what you're saying? Yes. And who, who would that be? His name is Russell M. Nelson. Um, former in his life, he was a great heart surgeon and helped with um, developing the artificial heart. He did a lot of research and saved many lives. Then he was called to be the Quorum of the Twelve. And then 
he was called to be the prophet of the church by the Lord. He is 94 years old. Wow. But you would never know it. He acts young, full of the spirit. Um, the apostles jokingly say the hardest thing they have to do is keep him off the ski slopes with his grandchildren. Excellent. That's very funny. So would he, So I was brought up a Catholic, and so our head of the faith um, is the Pope. So is he like your Pope? That is correct. Excellent. And who are the, who, do you know who the other 12 um, apostles are? Yes. So there is a president of the 12, the acting president of the 12, his name is Elder Russell, I mean, excuse me, M. Russell Ballard. And then the members of the Quorum of the 12, there's Jeffrey R. Holland, Peter F. Borf, who's from Germany. There's uh, David A. Bednar, Cornell Cook, Todd Christofferson, who's coming here to California next weekend, and we're having a big celebration, and he's coming to speak, and that will be wonderful to have him here. And then there's Neil L. Anderson, who I personally met when I was serving a mission in Indiana. Uh, there's Elder Rasband, who I met in Denmark when I was serving there. Um, there's... Gary Stevenson, Dale G. Renland, who was also formerly a physician, um, Garrett W. Long, who's Chinese descent, and Ulysses Soares, who is from South America. So we do have leaders more and more from all over the world. Wow. So you're on a mission at the moment, is that correct, in San Diego? That is correct. Yes. And so what, what does a mission involve? Well, this time I'm called as a military relations missionary with my husband, Elder Michael McClure. So we visit here in this area in San Diego. There are a lot of military families. And because they're Navy, many of them, their husbands are deployed. And the woman is the, the mother is left home with like all these little children and no support. So we go to them spiritual messages to talk to them to see how we can help and support them um that is one of the things we do something else we do is just teaching the gospel of who the, those who are interested in wanting to know more about the church um we spend a couple of afternoons at the san diego temple beautiful temple and um people come there and inquire about What's the temple about? Tell us about it. And so we're able to tell them. And it's been interesting. We have given away more Mormons in Chinese than any other language. Wow. There are a lot of Chinese people in this area that really are hungering for religion because it's been withheld from them mm -hmm. for so many years being under communist rule. So we have one young man that we got to know who is a missionary from mainland China. And I've been in China before. I love hiking the Great Wall, but I had no idea that right now today in China, you can join a Christian church. However, the government frowns on it. And if you are a Christian or any religion, you cannot hold any government job. So you're kind of a second-class citizen. 
Nanda, and you can't proselyte in China. But he said his mother, his name uh, is Elder Lee, wonderful young man. So he said that his mother had a friend who was a member of the church. She told them about it. They were taught. He joined the church. When he turned 18, he wanted to go off and serve the Lord. And he was sent to San Diego. So it was pretty exciting. He took some Chinese food for us. And we, he and his companions. And it was, it was very interesting. But then because borders were closing China, normally young men served for two years on their mission. He was here for almost two and a half years because he couldn't get back to China. Sounds like you had a great time. We did. Yeah, just such wonderful young men. On Fridays, we feed the young missionaries, and we love that. That is so rewarding to hear how their labors are going. And, oh, and then on Thursdays, after we do a um, manning the information booth at the temple, we go in the temple and we do ordinances in the temple, which consists of a lot of learning about a higher path of life um, and performing ordinances for those who have passed on. So we believe, our third article of faith says that we believe that through the atonement of Christ, all mankind may be saved through obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. So if they've died without hearing about Christ, that does not hold them back at all because they will get the opportunity to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ and either accept or reject. And if they re accept the gospel, then they still need to have the ordinances of baptism, of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and other silly ordinances that are done in the temple. So we do that for our deceased ancestors. So what's the difference between um, like a Roman Catholic church and a church of Jesus temple? All right. Our temples are not our churches. Oh, okay. Temples are only opened. They're closed on Sundays and Mondays. They're open Tuesday through Saturday. Our chapels Everyone is welcome to come meet with us. We have a sacrament meeting, like you have communion, right? Mm -hmm. So we have sacrament meeting where we take the sacrament. We are instructed many times by each other, even though we have a bishop that is over that congregation. He has a full-time job. He's there just serving as lay ministry. So uh, we all pitch in. I may teach a Sunday school class. I may help with the young women. We have programs for teenagers, for young people. And everyone is doing something in the church. We're all serving. So that, that extends the idea of the family, does it? Yes. Well, that's, that's, that's really, really nice. Um, so we've got the perception um, around the world of a couple of young men turning up at your front door. Are they also on a mission? Is that is that part of they that? They are on a mission. They're gonna, not going to turn up on your front door much anymore. That's kind of past. Now they're more about going out and meeting people in mar parks, in malls, just out and about. Because knocking on doors is not very effective anymore. People would rather not be knocked, right? They would yeah. rather have somebody come up to them and say, 
I have a message about Jesus Christ. Would you like to hear more about Christ? And then they might say, sure. And they give them a short message and they say, may we come to your home and teach you? And then they set an appointment. Wow. So, and the teachings, does that, is that, do they come from the gospel? Does it come from the Book of Mormon? It comes from both. The gospel is in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, in the Book of Mormon, and in ongoing revelation. Wow. And where did these revelations come from? They come from God. They come through his prophet and through his apostles. And we are not asked to simply say, okay, that's right. No, we are asked to listen, pray, but our own confirmation, this is truly the word of God. So our ninth article of faith says, we believe all that God has revealed, all that he does now reveal. And we believe that he will yet reveal many great, important things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? Kingdom of God is the fullness of the gospel in Jesus Christ. It is the path that we need to take, go back to our Father in heaven. We firmly believe that we are all brothers and sisters. We are all children of God. He loves every one of us. and He wants us all on that path going back to him. We also believe that all of us will receive a wonderful reward after this life. Because he loves us. And we're, whatever kingdom, like Paul talked about three kingdoms. He compared one to the sun, one to the moon, one to the stars. First Corinthians chapter 15. Well, yes, there are many kingdoms. And the Lord wants us to get the highest kingdom possible for the truth that we are willing to accept and live. We will all... Enjoy a kingdom of glory because we're all his children and he loves us. And he wants us to be where we're happy and where we're comfortable. So there are separate kingdoms in, in, in your belief system? Yes. So that, is that like different heavens? It is like different heavens. So, you know, the concept of heaven and hell. Uh -huh. What about all those people that are kind of good and kind of bad? Where do they go? Well, we have but the the Catholic Church has purgatory. It's that that middle place. <laughs> but, so we do believe that right after this life, we would either go to paradise mm -hmm. or we would go to what we call purgatory or spirit prison, where we're learning and we want to get back to paradise. And then at the final judgment, there are three kingdoms of glory. Those that fight against God will not get a kingdom glory, but that's very, very few. Most people, we love our Father in heaven. We want to do right. Many things in this world are so confusing. We need to find a path and find our way back to our Father in heaven. You know, it's interesting. I always knew that I had a Father in heaven, even before we joined this church. Little children are so amazing and so perceptive. Um, in the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, we believe in a pre-mortal life. We were with our Father before we came here to the earth. When I was two years old and I learned to talk very early, I was playing with my dolls and I said to my mother, Mother, where did I come from? She said, I don't know. She had no 
belief in this. She was a Lutheran. I said, I do. I came from God up in heaven. And I just went on playing with my dolls. And my mother thought, that's a beautiful thought. But I wonder where she got that. That's quite profound. remember. So you, before before birth and after, so we, you're saying your belief system is that it's a constant thing, that sort of spirit or soul or for, for whatever you want to call it is, it is eternal. It is. That's exactly right. Yes. And we are eternal. We have always been and we will go on. But this earth life is a testing period. It's a test of our faith and of our, our obedience. But I love one of our apostles, Elder Holland, he said, the greatest truth is that God loves each of us so perfectly. And the first commandment is that we love him. Because if that love comes together from a child to the parent, the parent that loves and wants the very best for their child, that is a spiritual confirmation of your heart that you're on the right path. So that's lovely. So um, what is God to you personally? He is my father in heaven. So our first article of faith is we believe in God, the eternal father, and in his son, Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Ghost. We believe as Joseph got his first vision, he saw God the Father as a personage, Jesus Christ as a personage. The Holy Ghost does not have a body. He is a spirit. But we believe very firmly that just like when Christ came back after his resurrection and showed his body to his apostles, he has that body. He's not part of the Father. The Father has his own body. We pray God our Father in the name of Jesus Christ because he's our mediator. He's our Savior. Only through him can we ever make it back to our Father in heaven. And so have you, in all the time that you've had a faith, have you ever had a crisis of faith? Have you ever been tested? Certainly, especially in my teenage years. <laughs> Because, you know, as teenagers, you go through so many emotions and trying to figure things out. Without prayer, I would have had a very hard time coming through that crisis of faith. However, my first marriage ended in divorce because my first husband was abusive. And it was really, really hard for me. And I struggled and I thought, how can this be? I've done everything I should. Of course, I haven't. None of us have. Right? But, you know, I had tried as a young mother. We had six children. Two of my sons were serving missions when my marriage fell apart. It was such a wonderful, glorious moment for me that when I was in the Washington, D.C. temple praying fervently, the Lord said to me very clearly, be still and know that I am God. And when he said that, it washed over me so powerfully. And I realized that that's all I needed. I didn't have to have an answer to all my questions. I had to have faith. He was there for me. 
And that one step at a time, I would go through this divorce. I would continue. I would be happy. I would live the gospel. My children, all six, are still firm in the faith in spite of their own crisis of faith. Wow. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Um, but uh, but it's often in those tra- testing times where, where we, we find our biggest glories, I suppose. Exactly. I love that you said that, Sue, because that is so true. This life is about being tested. We've got to have trials or we're not going to grow and learn and be able to continue to progress. And that's what this life is about. It's about joy and happiness. It's also about learning and growing. Absolutely. And another, this is a, diff- a difficult question in some ways. Um, I was brought up a Catholic. I considered being a priest in the Catholic Church until I came to terms with my sexuality. Um, I, my, a lot of my listeners know that I'm out as a gay man and I've been with my partner for 20 years now. Uh, how does the Church of the Christ of the Latter-day Saints look upon LGBTQI plus issues? God loves all of his children, whoever they are, whatever they choose to be. God is full of love and the church is full of not judging, full of loving, full of reconciliation. However, I'm going to read you something. This is from the family, a proclamation to the world. It's really beautiful. It came from the first presidency. There's this one paragraph I want to read. It's short. It says, all human beings, male and female, are created in the image of God. Each is a beloved spirit, son, or daughter of heavenly parents. And as such, each has divine nature and destiny. Gender is an essential characteristic of individual, premortal, mortal, and eternal identity and purpose. That's very interesting. I will leave that with my listeners for for themselves to mull it over and say how they feel about that. And do you know about the musical, The Book of Mormon? I have heard of it. I heard that it was very negative against the church and against young missionaries, and I chose to not view it. I've not, I've not seen it. I was just wondering if you knew about it. And um, I, I, I didn't that, know about <laughs> it. I think it was, I mean, from what I heard, it had a lot of humor in it. But it was very derogatory toward the church. Fair enough. I've but not seen, know, I've there not seen are all it. kinds of amusement and entertainment. Mm. Hopefully we can be entertained without expense of others. Absolutely. Their, their faith. And I absolutely agree. Um, so in the Catholic Church, one of the things which I got a lot from was confessionals. And um, do you have confessionals in the Church of the Latter-day Saints? Um, not as such. We definitely believe in a personal revelation between us and our Father in Heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ. However, if we have committed a grievous sin, something that questions our standing as a member and a disciple of Christ, then we would go to the bishop and he would help us back on the path to repairing that relationship. So um, 
we can be what we have referred to as excommunicated from the church, where we are no longer a member in good standing. And then and actually that is done out of love and concern for the person so they can work their way back into full fellowship in the church. And that is something that's between the bishop and that person. But for any minor sins, problems, no, we go right to the Lord. We believe in taking the sacrament every Sunday. And at that time, we again covenant with the Lord that we will keep his commandments. We come repentant, sorry for hurtful things we may have said, if we've stolen, lied. I mean, you know, we know the Ten Commandments. We <laughs> believe in keeping them. Covet, I mean, putting things where they shouldn't be, value system, whatever we've done, that we feel that was not right. We're repentant about it, and we mend our relationship with the Lord. So what might somebody get excommunicated for? Um, adultery, where you are hurting your spouse, your family. Of course, murder. Um, I know there are a couple of other things with like embezzling, you know, hurting a company, you know, doing something very major that way. I don't know, <laughs> but I know it's some very serious sin where you are hurting and damaging, not just yourself, but your family or other people. Right, right. So what is the future of the Church of Jesus Christ? The future? The future. Oh, the future. Sorry, that, that, is, that is my Geordie accent. I'm from, from, from people listening. <laughs> I love your accent, by the way. I'd love to hear it. Thank you. The it's... future of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is glorious. We are building temples all over the world. Every six months, we have a general conference where uh, the 12th apostle, the president of the church, and 70s speak to the members all over the church. We're about... 16, 17 uh, million strong, but it's not a lot of members, but we are throughout the world and temples are continuing to be built. And our young people, many are going on missions and it strengthens them as much as it strengthens anyone else, right? Because then they become firm in the faith, they raise children that pray to their father in the name of Christ that want to be disciples of Christ that are witnesses for him. So it's all about in the world we live in with a lot of challenges, making sure that we are firm in our faith. And all of your, your children, are they all still part of the faith? They are. My four boys all serve missions, Andrew in Venezuela what? Matthew in St. Louis in the United States, uh, Adam in the New York area, and Joseph in Chile. Wow. And I was hoping one of them would go back to Denmark, but that didn't happen. Oh, it's a shame. It's a shame. <laughs> and finally, what's the future for you? Are you are you going to be going back to Utah? Actually, we're not. We thought we would be, but while we've been here on our mission, um, our children have turned our Two big house into an Airbnb. <laughs> so we are going to 
a modular on you remember Katrina? Of course. Came and stayed with you. Yes. Yes. We got on like a house on fire. (laughs) You what? We got on like a house on fire. We we became very good friends. Yeah, she's quite the adventuresome woman. So she married a man who has a big pecan farm in Arizona. We are going to put a modular on their pecan farm, live there, and help them run the store they've got there and be with the grandkids. She's got three and he's got eight, so they got a big family. Lots going on. Wow. I did. She, I just heard from her a for the first time in years, about two months ago, she, she, she told me that she's got this big family. That's why she took so yes. long to... I was like, that, that's very, very exciting. That's, 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 so it's so lovely to make this connection again. Thank you very much for, for, the, for the interview and telling me a little bit more about um, the Church of the Christ of the Latter-day Saints. If any of my listeners want to find out more about your church, where should they look? Um, church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. No, I think it's churchofjesuschrist.org. Or church of Jesus Christ probably .org. I know there's several sites. They can I, if they Google anything close, it should come up. .org. .org. Church of Jesus Christ .org. Excellent. And if anybody wants to get to in touch with you and, and talk to you, can they do that? Would you like them to do that? Absolutely. And where can they find you? Okay, so my email is A L I S. B-O-D-D at gmail.com. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And uh, I suppose the, the great and lovely way to close this whole thing is off to be, is to be saved. Um, God bless you, I suppose. <laughs> and God bless you, Stu. It was so good to see you again. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And um, I'm sure and my mother sends her love, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. What a lovely woman your mother is. I, I think so, too. <laughs> yes. I love you all. I was so glad to meet you all. And I hope one day I'll come, come and visit you in America. That'd be, that would be lovely. Yes. Thank you, Stu. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.